0: We have a major scoop on a significant college football program, plus a fun interview later in the show with mainstays of the MLB network. It's Thursday, July 27th. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. My colleague AJ Perez did a deep investigative look into the Minnesota football program and some troubling allegations against head coach PJ Fleck. Joining me now is AJ Perez. Welcome, AJ.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me back.
0: Yeah. Great to have you. Um, so before we get into some of the specifics here, what's the big picture takeaway from your piece?
1: I think it's just, it it just shows that, you know, there's, uh, this is not a Minnesota thing. This is not a Northwestern thing. There's issues that have been part of, part of college sports. It's not even a football thing. I think there's, there's, as the story lays out, you know, there was other issues in the past at, at this university as there have been with many, many others. Um, and, uh, but this, this, this shows how much control a football coach in a major division one school has. And, uh, and this is some of these things were brought out a few years ago. I, did a lot of, did all new reporting, um, to, uh, you know, over the last month or so. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's some of the stuff shocking, but, um, really it shouldn't really surprise anyone, even if there's some new details that I've never, ever seen reported or heard about before.
0: Several players unprompted described a cult-like atmosphere. Uh, what were some of the hallmarks of, of that behavior?
1: Yeah, we got a we got several pages out of the Fleck book, um, and this is a the student athletes get a binder when they when they first get to the school where it lays out you know team roles, like this, like a basic thing, but also has a lot of acronyms and a lot of things about the culture they're trying to ingrain that culture within in all, all of PJ Flex uh, you know sayings and stuff, but they they also got tested and at least early on there were repercussions for not scoring well. Uh, in later years, that that may have gone away um as uh from my sources are telling me but uh that there's that and then the other issue was the fleck bank now now the fleck bank was a system uh that players told us that uh that it was basically an honor kind of like a you you get coins quote unquote for doing things like a community service including going to the hospital pj fleck you could also get it by ratting out other players who were doing doing things that uh you know, we're against team rules. Um, and if you had coins in that fleck bank, the former players uh, told us uh, that um, uh, that you could get away with things. I mean, uh, we had positive tests that, that, that weren't punished. Uh, we have, according to the former players, um, and uh, a lot of other things um, and other violations of team rules. If you, if you
0: had coins, you're kind of treated a little differently than a player who may not be
1: doing the uh,
0: extracurricular work uh, there. And positive tests for what in this case?
1: Uh, well, we don't say it in the story. It was it was a uh, for we know it was uh, was a street drug. We're not naming the street drug. It's not marijuana. Um, so
0: that's yeah. All right, yeah. And what was the the thing about um, the required ovations for PJ Fleck?
1: Dan Nickel, who is who was the string coach under PJ Fleck at Western Michigan, and uh, PJ Fleck had a lot of success in Western Michigan got him into some you know, pretty major bulls there. And, uh, or, and uh, so he was hired by, hired by the University of Minnesota. Yeah, and a lot of the staff came with P.J. Fleck, University of Minnesota. Uh, so one of the first things uh, after he took over was he sent, uh, or I don't know how it worked, but Dan Nickel went in to coach the kids up on how to clap, a loud ovation every time P.J. Fleck entered the locker room. And they had to practice it a couple times that first time around back in 2017. Because uh, some of the players weren't clapping enthusiastically enough, so that's uh, and so th- this is carries it through, and, and you know there was there was uh, you know that's uh, far, far as we far as we can tell, it's, it's continued up until up until at least 2021. Um, this was still going on, uh, and uh, you know there's uh, it's just part of the whole culture that that he instilled in there, and uh, so and there was a lot of other things in the story that well that that were a lot more alarming, but it just kind of shows like how much work. They put into kind of changing the environment there, and uh, and it's it, as the story lays out, it a lot of the former players, and we also interviewed former staff members. It wasn't just players uh, that you know that kind of this whole kind of set this whole story up and into you know pop, you know where allegations of you know toxicity existed and players who who went through the program can no longer use a couple of them are just kind of look at their University of Minnesota gear that they got for free when they were playing. It just kind of it one of them. Told us he had PTSD from his time there.
0: Yeah, and in this next part, it's, I'm sure, it's not just a Minnesota thing. But uh, you, you detailed that players felt exceptional pressure to to come back from injury or to play through injury uh, when you know that was maybe maybe not advisable.
1: Yes, uh, yeah, there is uh, there is this this came from. I was pretty much universal from all the former players that I talked to, and was confirmed. Uh, um, by other sources outside who are not former players who were within the department, that, uh, that there, you know, there was maybe some undue influence. Now it's not, I'm not saying it's necessarily just PJ Fleck. It could have been, uh, it could have been other staffers, but there was just kind of a feeling that, and that they weren't being treated. We have a quote from a former player saying that, you know, that, that even the, those treating the players felt that it was uh, you know, that they had to go by what the coach was was uh you know kind of pushing and um so there was a so there was that and, and there is uh you know we don't know we don't some of the injuries are orthopedic There was no we don't have any indications that was anybody with a concussion or something very very serious with that could lead to like long-term consequences if they played but players did
0: feel the need to um get back on that field let's get to the protein shake thing what's the protein shake thing
1: all right. So there is a. This is a, one of um, this is one of the stories that we were that we that that we were told, and this was uh, this was also confirmed by somebody else uh, by by another source. There was a player who was forced to drink three protein shakes because he was underweight, and he drank so many. And this happened in the, in the view of staffers and some teammates, where he actually um, defecated himself in front of everybody. Um, that, that's, uh, that was pretty alarming. And this, the school has nutritionists and dietitians. They're the, the ones supposed to be, you know, handling the, what the players take in, uh, especially if they're trying to gain or lose weight. And, uh, and, uh, this was actually led, I, I was told by this former player that was confirmed that it was led by Dan Nickel, um, the, the head strength coach.
0: And what kind of atmosphere did this create among the players, between the players
1: um, there are some players that I actually used to have, former players that I love them I think there's this is not a universal thing I think it's just uh, it, but it did impact a good segment of the players I was told and from my interviews you know it just uh, you know you have they didn't feel they could seek counseling out um, one of one of the players told me they they uh, and they didn't want to be uh, singled out by being critical and and uh, by reporting to the school anything that uh, anything that uh, you know could put you know, could cost them playing time, basically, and 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 the schools denied to us in a statement um, that we received yesterday. We like we gave them plenty of time to comment, um, and uh, they kind of uh, they pushed back on the on, on a lot of my reporting, uh, especially the you know uh, the the workouts punishment part. Even though we got we obtained a 2019 report that no one that had never been made public till today um, or until uh, until Wednesday, and uh, it. it it does show that, you know, there were some coaches Now we don't know what sport, they didn't specify which sport at, at, at Minnesota it was, or or which ones, it could have been multiple, but there was an issue with this. And it, even though that report concluded that, you know, they have to change their policies, but overall the programs, treatment of, treatment of players and, and and their workouts was, was, uh, was proper. They, that report did state that there were some some sports or sport or sports within the school that were doing um, doing um, workouts as punishments, which is not which is against not only school rules but also in the um, uh, guidelines that were reinforced in 1999 by the NCAA that came after the unfortunate death of Jordan McNair at Maryland.
0: And just to connect a few dots here, uh, according to your reporting, if they didn't know his book well enough, they could be subject to a very very strenuous workout. You know, effectively as punishment for that.
1: So, so we know that was, that that occurred at least early on in in PJ Flex' tenure. Whether that's continued in recent years, uh, I wasn't unable to confirm that. But we, but I had multiple former players and 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 other sources saying that at least early in his tenure that 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 did happen.
0: Flex signed a forty two million dollar contract extension in December, runs through twenty twenty nine. So Minnesota is invested in this guy. What's gonna happen next year, you think?
1: Oh, we'll see. I'll get Romney to be uh, hopping on a plane pretty soon for, for Indy, gonna be covering the Big Ten Media Day. Uh Fleck will be there, um and uh supposed to be a few of his players. Uh, so i we're, we're gonna be following this up. Whether this leads where this leads, I'm not sure. We just got the story up and um and like I said, this is not this is this is a problem that's and I think it's gotten better over the years in college sports, but I think there's, you know, this is not I'm not trying to single out this uh, the Golden Gophers or any or any or any program. This is just a story that you know I was able to report out. I went to Minnesota um, and uh, last week as part of this, and it's it's just uh, it's it's sad if uh, and you know there's a lot of people who had raised issues before and there and uh, who are quoted directly in the story um, and uh, were are not surprised by what, what we reported uh, on Wednesday.
0: All right. Congratulations on the scoop, AJ. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks. Up next, I spoke to the MLB Network trio of Mark DeRosa, Lauren Shahadi, and Robert Flores. The three of them just celebrated their 750th episode of MLB Central. We talked about that and got into some baseball topics like the new rules and how much money Shohei Otani is going to make. That conversation is coming up next. Very excited to be joined now by Mark DeRosa, Lauren Chahadi, Robert Flores, co-hosts at MLB Network's MLB Central. Welcome, all of you. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate it. So you three are celebrating your 750th episode together on MLB Central. A few things in media last anywhere near that long. What's the special sauce for you guys?
2: Chemistry.
3: Authenticity.
2: All, yeah, what,
3: what those two said.
2: I, 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 that sums it up perfectly. I think we are exactly on camera what what we are off camera and it works yeah
4: truly i mean if you were to record five minutes prior to the red light going on and then the red light on i don't think you'd be able to tell the difference and that's where the magic lies yeah
0: yeah and i notice you guys are already finishing each other's sentences do you feel like you're just kind of got this long-standing mind meld at this point
3: yeah it's like a uh uh it's the weirdest mary ruffle. <laughs> no, I mean, but, but listen, it, it's, we've been, this is our fifth, sixth season. I, I started in 18. You guys were here prior to that, but it, it's, it's just like what they were saying. It, it's, it's, um, you know, we enjoy chatting and being with each other off camera. Yeah, And also I think that there's an interesting fact here is that once the season is over, we usually don't see each other or wow. really speak to each other much during the off season. So when the season rolls around, uh, it's like seeing your, your friends at, at the first day of school again. So it, it's, kind of, uh, uh, I, I think that's a, a unique factor as well. I think
4: you nailed it. First and foremost, we all like each other, which is so super important. We genuinely like each other. And second of all, we love baseball and we see it through a different lens. Robert's a lifelong Astros fan. I grew up an Orioles fan, turned Nationals fan and Mark's been in the game since he was the, you know, a young kid. So we all have different perspectives and each perspective is unique because every fan's different. Not every fan wants to know the X's, you know, the hard goes baseball. Some people just want the periphery of the game and it's kind yeah. of cool, just the different perspectives.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What would you guys say is the biggest change at the MLB Network from when you started working together? I mean,
2: I think the way that the, the game has changed. Mm-hmm. The, the game has I changed. I don't know. We've just gotten more comfortable doing the show. I yeah. Think. But you're right. The, the, the new rules. There's a much younger generation of players that are coming in and just killing the game from when we first started it 10 years ago. Uh, but for us, I think, I think the beauty's in the fact that we've just continued to grow and get better and try, we try and make the show as good as we possibly can make it. And I think we've realized like, I know what Lauren's strengths are. I know what Robert's strengths are. Like we we've built a nice like foundation team wise. And the producers who produce the show, yeah, there's occasionally a, a guy who mixes in, but for the most part, the infrastructure of what we do has pretty much remained the same for a while. Yeah. And that's an important part too. I mean, the the
3: I don't even want to say support, but the teamwork that is required for the from the people behind the scenes is yeah. just as important as as what we do, um, if not more, because they're they're laying out how the show is going to work. They're producing the show, they're editing the tapes, they're putting together the graphics. So it, it it truly is a collaborative effort. And that's one of the many reasons I I really enjoy working on it, because it is such a collaborative effort from not just people in front of the camera, but also behind the camera as well.
0: And Mark mentioned the new rules. I wanted to talk a little baseball with you guys. What do you think's the biggest change in just in the experience of taking in baseball in 2023?
2: Oh, it's the pitch clock. Without without question. I mean, the game's just got such a different rhythm and timing to it. Uh, as as a fan, you know, as a player, I never cared about I hate saying this, I never cared about what the fan thought. I was fighting for my life every night. So I was, you know. Grinding it out, and if we had to stay there four hours, then we had to stay there four hours. I never looked at the clock and said, oh, we, this game's taking forever. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. But out of the game, you start to realize, wow, it's an entertainment product. Robert's helped me with that, too. And it's a much better watch, Yeah, especially at night sitting there grinding over these games. It's a much better watch when you can't, you can't turn away.
4: I think the easiest way to describe it when you watch it is if you were to just take the batter out of the batter's box and how he would just kind of reattach his batting gloves five times. You don't see that. That's the only thing you're losing is that the rest is in its purest form. It's how it's always been.
3: And and the thing that I always said, even from hearing from fans, either in person or in social media, that were a little skeptical about it, it, I would always say it's not about the length of the game. It's about the pace. And there is a difference. And to Lauren's point, there's not so much stepping out. It's the dead time. It's now we're getting ready. We're ready to go. We're getting the batter's box. I've got, the ball. let's go.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, the biggest difference is if I'm looking at, you know, a pitcher getting ready to pitch, I know that pitch is coming in the next 10 seconds. I don't have to think like, Oh, like, can I get a glass of water before the next pitch? Or, you know, like, do I look away at this moment? You, you, you know, a pitch is coming. And so, yeah, it, it, it really moves in a way it really didn't before. I love baseball, but it, it is, was a very slow sport and sped up a lot. The audience is trending younger too. Um, you know, I think some of that's the pitch clock. And did, is there any other factors you think going into that, that, you know, this, yeah, we, we got this new wave coming in.
2: I, I, I don't I don't know. I, I I love the guys that I love, the Don Mattingly's and Cal Ripkins were who I wanted to be when I was a kid playing wiffle ball. But I watched the way my son consumes it and his teammates, they're consuming it in blasts, TikTok, Snapchat, whatever the case may be. They're getting it in like quick bursts. They might not watch the entire game, but they know what Ronald Acuna, what new swag he's got on, what chain he's got they're, they're just seeing it a little bit different than, than we saw it. But uh yeah, that's the biggest thing I've noticed is like how do I re- how can I relate to my 13-year-old son and get on his level of how he's consuming the game.
0: Yeah. I think swags a good word there because yeah, I think we are seeing a little more flair. I think we went through this period of people getting upset about bat flips. Maybe they still are and I just don't hear them anymore. But yeah, there, there's a bit more your posing and, you know, just a you know more flair to it that I think a lot of people enjoy.
4: Robert enjoys it the most out of all three of us. Oh. Helped us see the light. Truly, I, I mean, I think you would agree with that. Yeah. You know, D-Rose played the game. You know the 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 way he's always played it, and it's you know act like you've been there before kind of thing. And that's how he grew up, and that's how his dad taught him. But now he sees it through a TV lens with the yeah. entertainment factor. And Robert's yeah. kind and, of told and us. And the thing that I people want to see.
3: I, yeah, and I, I don't. Uh, I, I think most people. I mean, certainly, I would put myself in that category. I don't like to see guys show up uh someone at, or you know be overtly disrespectful. disrespectful to someone but if, if, if ellie de la cruz launches a 450 foot homer i think he should backflip and yeah. i think he should pump his fist and I, I love when guys they motion towards their dugout that's what i love they're like come on let's go because it's it's I don't I don't know is the word innocent I mean it's joyful yeah. it's joyful it's not meant to be disrespectful so I, I'm glad that we're able it's seeming like to your point I think we're starting to to see the difference between just exhibiting pure joy and and a love of the game as opposed to being disrespectful
2: you know it's funny when I managed the WBC you go back and you look at like who managed you right Bobby Cox was everybody's got to be For BP, wear your BP top, your hat always faces forward. I don't want Oakley's covering up the A. Like we had these rules and you conform to them and you start to believe. Like So when I went there, I was dead set on I was going to make guys wear the full USA, BP, whole skit. They were going to do it the way. And then when I got there, I was like, man, it's not really as important as I thought it was going to be. So I kind of let the guys do what they want. Um, I don't know, I think I I think what everything's kind of subject to change on that. There Absolutely. are some things that I I do believe in, but as long as the respect is there and some some form of class is there, I feel like it's okay.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. A somewhat different topic. Uh, so we've seen um a couple teams um And their deals with their regional sports network and those have been taken over by mlb now producing those games do you think there's an opportunity there as you know some of these deals expire and the league figures out what its next situation is with with local rights um do you think yeah there's some potential there for mlb to get creative and just you know think of the next wave of baseball media
4: Everyone in this building is like-minded. Everyone loves the game. They grew up loving the game. So any form of having the game under this roof would be a beautiful
3: thing. Yeah, and and, and obviously the, a lot of those decisions are made by uh, <laughs> made, made by people much smarter than us and above our pay grade. But yeah, I, I think if there is an opportunity to to make it more compelling, make it more interesting, make it better, then then I'm sure that all those uh, avenues will will be explored. But yeah, it, it is a it, it is an interesting time, just in the industry, not yeah. just for baseball, but the entire media and sports media industry. So, um, it, you know, I, I'm sure that all those things are, are being looked at. But you're right; maybe there's an opportunity. If there's ever an opportunity to to make it better or, or, or better for the fans, then then I'm sure that they're going to consider
0: So we just, you know, had this. Uh, Last year, we had this, you know, very contentious round of CBA negotiations. One of the big topics there, probably the biggest topic, was that we've got these young superstars who are getting paid minimum salaries. And, you know, there were changes. There were significant changes. But you look at the standings and you're seeing the Orioles at the top. The Diamondbacks, I guess, are not in first place anymore. But we're seeing a bunch of young, low payroll teams uh, at the top you know, my Mets and the Padres are not looking so hot, despite their gazillions of dollars. Um, Do you think there's still this tension around um, superstars, young superstars, not getting paid while they're, you know, some of the top players in the game?
2: No, no, you can't do it for two months and expect to make a hundred million dollars. I mean, you got to grind it out. I, I, I think for me, It's the job of the front offices to identify who they feel are those franchise-type pillar guys. Like, I I mean, we're talking baseball currently, like Gunnar Henderson for me would be a guy I'd sit down and and really look at, can I lock this guy up long-term, make him super rich and comfortable, and give him two bites at the apple of free agency. But you can't do that with all of them, because some of them are not going to pan out. So I I think that's the job and the whole rub with being able to identify who are your core guys moving forward and who could potentially be a young flash in the pan for a year.
0: Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Uh, last thing, before we go, I, I want to get some Otani predictions. So we've got the trade deadline coming up, uh, but also, he, obviously, he's going to be a free agent soon. So I, I'm, if you want to give me a dollar amount, a team, a trade deadline team, I just, I just want something. Where's that guy going and what's going like, to get paid?
4: You ask every day to our insiders, I'm like, give me a percent, give me something. We've showed... Pitcher,
0: yeah.
3: top
4: hitters, and, and kind of add those numbers and come up with five or six. I mean, I, I, we
3: I don't. I mean, I, this is just obviously just a guess, but it's it's gonna. He's not gonna get traded. My sense is that he's not gonna get traded. I agree with that. You
2: but, I, yeah, no, I don't think he will. I, I think that Artie Moreno does not want to trade him. I think he's What if he? What if he goes on to challenge Judge for the home run record? Yeah. And he's wearing someone else's uniform. I I, I don't know. I don't see if you were going to trade him, you're going to trade him last year. But there are teams that are willing to take him on. We talked about it today. Texas Rangers do make a ton of sense just for the remainder of this season. They've kind of emptied the bucket all in. But as far as what he's worth, it's going to start with. A six. A six or they're going to get – he's a global – he's taking this game global. He's the first guy to really do it. So I think an owner has to really kind of understand the impact and the, the marketing potential. But there's so much more to him than just the baseball. Yeah. I think, yeah. So do the Mets, Stevie Cohen want to get really, really crazy and put everybody to sleep? I don't know. I mean, you, but you're right. He,
3: he's like you know, we were before we came on. We were talking about Messi. Exactly. And, guess, he's that yeah, kind of. Otani is yeah. that type of athlete, and we yeah. haven't had that.
0: All right. Well, I'll I'll, I'll take a. It's going to start with the six. That's that's actually higher than I'm going. So, uh, Mark De Rosa, Lauren Shahadi, Robert Flores. Thank you so much for joining us.
3: Yeah, thank you. Thank you.
0: That's it for today. Leave us a rating or review wherever you're listening. We have the reigning Heisman Trophy winner coming up tomorrow, so subscribe if you haven't already. Thanks for listening. We will see you tomorrow.